0: Okay, so carrying on from my exploration of the public self out of the book, Your Mythic Journey by Sam Keane and Anne Valley Fox, I wanted to move on to the second set of questions that they ask. Um, and essentially what, what, they, what they were asking was this, in what ways are you unique and then what qualities then distinguish you from your friends, from your enemies, from, from the masses, you know, the everybody's? And do you think other people consider you to be unusual or do they consider you to be odd or average? Do they consider you to be a character, you know, an individual? Are you hostile? And whatever it is that they have this image of you, do you actually agree with it? So... I decided to tackle this question, but I wanted to do it in while in motion. But the question I have is what does it mean to be a unique human being? Now, intellectually, it's this it's about being um, or possessing a distinct combination of qualities, um, characteristics, your experiences, um, your Perspectives, you know, these kind of things that set you apart from others. It could, it's also your your physical traits, your personality, you know, whatever talents you might have, um, your beliefs, values. You know, each of these aspects are. I'm gonna say they're so they're unique to you. Yes, they're unique to you and how you absorb those. Um, there's also your. Genetic makeup, um, your life experiences. So, you know, you're never going to have two people that are exactly the same. Not even twins are exactly the same once they start having independent experiences of each other. They're going to take in the world uh, differently. And then, in that taking in and integration, it's going to, you know, Internally, they start to be um, you know there's a uniqueness that just kind of forms out of the fact that we are looking through our own filter um, as as a as an individual. Now, some of the factors that make up a person's uniqueness, um, there's genetics, of course, so we'll all have this genetic code that's different. That results in a unique set of physical traits, be predispositions to certain conditions, um, and, and and our aspects of our personality will be, you know, affected by our genetics. And then there's the environment. You know, what culture you're in, what's the sort of social environment that you're in, the societal environment that you're in, what geographical context is set, you know, that's going to shape your beliefs, your values, and your sort of world views. And then, of course, each person has a unique set of experiences that influences their thoughts, influences the way they behave, influences their emotions, influences, influences what they believe, you know. And when you start mixing all this stuff up, you know, this big cocktail you're mixing up, yeah, you know, the you know what you get out of that is a is a is a unique individual. And then the final, th- well, no, a couple of other things. So there's relationships too. So you know, who do you who are the people that you interact with throughout you know your lives, and how are they? How do they contribute to your? uniqueness because they you know they're bringing their set of values behaviors and things um, and influencing you and then you take on some of that and you know you change or subtly change some of who you are to integrate with some of what, who they are and what they believe and then of course there's um, personal choice so the decisions that you make you know what kind of hobbies you decide to sort of pursue or a career you pursue you know these things, these choices um, begin to help define you as an individual. So intellectually, you know, th- there's that—that's that, the uniqueness, and there's that big old combination of, and and that's just going to mix itself up into a unique person, a unique individual, a unique me, only one kai. Cl- 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 As a human, I mean, there might be people named Claylow, but you know, there is no other, other. There is no other me, (laughs) Um, in that sense. It just, yeah, there isn't. And so, as I was walking, I'm letting that percolate. Um, There was something that was nagging me. And I, because I, I understood uniqueness, as I said in the lecture. But what what was nagging me is that I couldn't see how how I was unique from anyone else. I, I get the you know what those words that you know we were just kind of talking. I understand them intellectually, but in trying to answer that question, what makes me unique, I was struggling to see that you know how am I any different from Uh, anybody else and then it hit me oh that's the word I was looking for I was saying about psychological feeling I don't feel unique there's the phrase I was looking for while I understand uniqueness intellectually I do not feel unique I feel like just a just variation of the sameness. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the feeling. I don't feel very unique. But what would it, what would it mean to feel unique? That you are one of a kind. I guess that's what I'm taking for uniqueness to be that you are one of a kind. And in, in that regard, then yeah, hi. There is only one play, though I shouldn't say the name, there's only one me. (laughs) Whatever you uh, psycho-spiritually define as a person or me. (laughs) Who's the me? (laughs) That's a whole nother round of discussion there. So it's uh, it's the feeling. And if I were to feel unique, What would that feeling be like to feel unique? It was pretty exciting to come to that realization that the fact that I knew uniqueness intellectually, but what was really missing—the thing that was really missing—is the feeling of unique and how to feel unique and embrace that. And that's, that's, so I wanted to explore what uniqueness feels like. i tell you what, i tell you what would, what, what, what would make me feel unique and how uniqueness plays into that feeling. And that would be when we talk about this concept of authenticity and being you. So, yes, I like that, because how many things that you do, or that we do, that I do, that are as a result of wanting to fit in, as a result of wanting to conform, as a result of not wanting to stand out from the crowd or draw um, or draw attention to yourself because you want to be a part of the society or community to which you are in the ma- the majority of I say majority, the social norm of the environment to which you are in. So, you know, someone dyes their hair purple that works in a corporate office, they so automatically stand out from that. And it, you know, and in some cultures or some companies, you know, it might. And that might be the thing. And uh, I know a lot of, I suppose legislation and this stuff prevents people, companies from outright telling you you can't, but I suspect there are some that do. It doesn't fit in with the company culture or, and i just use purple hair, but there's probably lots of things that are unique to you that you can't express at your place of work because that's not the culture there, um, because it would make you stand out, because it would make you seem odd, and that could have lots of different repercussions for your career and, and how you get on with people and all that kind of stuff. So we have a tendency to suppress our uniqueness yeah there we go that's that's the through line isn't it i think if you if i look at the uniqueness as this idea in terms of the feeling i mean i have no choice but to be unique thinking of the characteristics that go in to make up uh clay and how that distinguishes me from the next human it's that feeling of uniqueness that's that's the thing and if I put it into relationship with authenticity so how authentic can you be in any given environment can you be your authentic self every day in every situation in every environment logic says that it should be allowed to be your authentic self then we start caveating that with you know okay now you gotta be situationally aware and is this appropriate that appropriate but i think as soon as you start that censorship then you aren't allowed to be your unique self you're not being your unique self because if you're being your unique self then you would you would do the thing that you wanted to do regardless of the people around you or that's not how people do things around here or that doesn't fit in this situation. Um, and there's a lot of that. And I know that there's, you know, depending on what you're trying to do, <laughs> to you know you want to influence, you want to uh, be accepted. You know, because we have that thing of wanting to be accepted, so you change slightly, you can form some, you figure out where the extreme lines are, you know, what's the line? You just say you've kind of found where's the boundary, you know, how much of my unique self can I let out um, in this environment? How much of it am I... Able to, um, yeah. How much of it am I able to get away with? Is get away with. That's the wrong phrase as well. Get away with. How much of it am I? Am I? Can I, fi- I find the lines to say? Okay, I can be my unique self. Ish. But you know the boundary is here and where the boundaries are. This is all right, rein it in and look like, sound life, feel like um, the others around you so you fit in and are accepted, not ostracized or penalized for being your, your unique self. And I get that there's a lot of stuff in the sort of self-help space that advocates for being your authentic self, being your, well I haven't seen anything that says be your unique self, but you do have the, you know, be your authentic self, be authentic to you, be true to you, and so those combos are out there, you know, I think being your unique self and allowing your uniqueness to shine above all else is a pretty hard thing to do you have to have the courage to stand alone you have to be really a free thinker then it comes down to i think the individual and how much of a free thinker are you to the sense where you think you know what I am going to be, and I hear this phrase, unapologetically me. And you either like me or you don't. But I, I'm not gonna shift, change, adjust, anything. You're gonna get 100% pure grade clay lower with no filters. And that, would take a lot of courage. You have to have a lot of courage to be 100%, I mean, no filters at all. And okay with the outcome of that, whether you accept it, not accept it, people like you, dislike you, like you just would be okay with Um, not not fitting in (laughs) and and be okay with that which does make for if you think about the 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 outsider it does make for a kind of a, a lonely existence and considering that we are a communal animal know we need community we need others so to be ostracized from the community is a big deal and that's why we conform isn't it we conform because i don't want to be alone i don't want to be you know have no people to connect with and relate to you know do i want to be that extreme of an outsider that nobody can relate to me then I don't think we could survive really and so on some level, on some level we end up conforming because we want to fit in you want to attract a mate you want to attract friends so i mean i guess it's about gravitating towards people who are like you to whom you feel that you can be your authentic self with in their presence which i guess then that becomes community isn't it that's a what you want to the basis of a community that you belong to is that they accept you, at least on some level, enough to have you within that community. But even every community probably has, and I won't say probably, every community will have boundaries, will have its boundaries, (laughs) you know? This is acceptable within this community. There'll be a list of acceptables that won't be written down. Well, there will be some that will be written down. We think communities you join online have their little guidelines and things like that. And then there'll be those, this is allowed in this community rules that aren't written down. You kind of pick up through reactions and behaviors and things like that. And then there'll be a list of thou shall not (laughs) do this in this community you know and again there'll be some that are written down and some that are not written down within that that list so yeah so that's a, a really um that's a tricky one And then back to the public self then. Wow. Well, and the next, the next section of this will be on your private self. And we'll talk about that in a future note. So I hadn't planned this, but in exploring the public self, I realized that actually we have many public selves or personas or or masks that we wear. And this will shift based on, you know, the, the role that you're playing or currently playing um it's going to shift based off of who you're with at any given time so you know this there's many facets of your public self many public selves that you're going to kind of put out there and i I think that's you know again fascinating if you think of the self that there's so many selves and as i said we haven't even gotten to hidden selves and subconscious selves yet but on this public sense then I have my various different personas that I will put on my different mask that I will wear based off the role that I have to play at any given time now I suppose you could look at that and say okay well And each of the masks that I have, there's a uniqueness that I bring to that and I be myself within the authenticity of that mask. But I'm putting this mask on deliberately because I know this group that I'm with right now, that this works for them. This gets me accepted into the crew. And so I have that mask on. And you come to know me that way. Some of you listening to this podcast only know me through my online presence. But to you, that's Clay Lowe, that's who Clay Lowe is. That's the that's guy I know, that's the guy I see on Instagram, read his stuff on Twitter, listen to his coach's notes and you've developed a version of me that is Clay Lowe. Then if I was to start to do something that didn't fit with your model of me then you'd be thinking whoa you know is this guy going off the rail what's going on what's happening there (laughs) and to the degree to which i fall out of what your model of me is and how you know me to be to the degree that i fall outside of that would then determine whether he'd be like wow that dude's going off the rails now, and you know unfollow, right? And then, the, and then people, whom I know in real life, who are listening to this, will know several, probably several different versions of me. But who knows the whole of me? And is it possible? Is it possible for someone to know? The whole of me or you. Was it um, John Green? He Actually it was Graham Green in his novel The Heart of the Matter. said you could never really know another person because unless you are that person then you're only ever really getting a filtered view of who that person is and that will not be divorced from again as we say your own perceptions and your own uniqueness then on how you experience me is going to be will have to be factored in because you bring to the table some, you know, your own unique set of qualities and the like and so even in that then I wouldn't necessarily be the same character, I'm different person to you than I would be to someone else based off of the uniqueness that they bring uh to the table. It's an interesting one, this. So, where does that leave me or on a uniqueness? Where's my conclusions here on uniqueness? And, if I'm listing out what do I think is unique about me, if I was to make a list, and I have just, you know, the people that I associate with, both friends, acquaintances and the like, that I'm using as a as a measure, I think some of the uniqueness to me in that f- sense then is my Independence, my my desire to not be like everybody else, to fight conformity, fight the system. You know, <laughs> I so despise the sort of rules and things. Um. So yeah, how about this? that aspect. I suppose as I'm thinking now about uniqueness, I'm thinking about my combination of, I mean the physical stuff is easy to see in terms of the uniqueness. You know, my race, my build, my age, all that sort of stuff. And just the structure, bone structure, all that stuff is, is, the bit you can see that's unique from the next person. next. I don't have an identical twin, in other words. I did find that my, you know, trying to articulate what my uniqueness is, that it tended to centre around values, the things that I, I I hold important. And maybe that's because, you know, our values drive our motivation it drives you know why we make the choices that we do make and you know what we choose the types of experiences that we choose to to have so maybe it's no surprise that you know in in any uniqueness as I'm thinking of myself it comes down to what sort of values that I have chosen to um, live my life by which affects everything else really So what's happening in my mind is I'm forming and thinking about what's unique to me and perhaps that's my combination of values like the non-conformity, this fierce need to be independent and do my own thing and not have to go along with what everybody else is is doing. Um, This innate sort of drive for this freedom to explore things. I don't like fixed, a fixed opinion or fixed thought or fixed belief. For me, there's always some flexibility in it. as you gather more evidence and look for ways to, to change your mind, change your views. Um, what I think what I would say would be unique, just in my style of creating style of podcasting style of writing you know these sort of signature each of these things will have um a unique signature to them unless you're just outright copying someone but if you create from your inside out there's going to be a uniqueness just based off of how you perceive the world or see the world or or are connecting with the things in your environment you know this podcast is probably a lot different than a lot of the podcasts you may listen to just because i'm i record it in the way that i want to record it <coughs> so yes well the things, what I say, are unique about me. Well, I mean if we just start... <laughs> I'm just, oh yeah, po- politics, my political views are ridiculously out there. Um, and, yeah, I'm a libertarian by default, but really An anarchist. I'm an anarchist disguised as a libertarian. Um, And even that (laughs) is like, ah, yeah, all that. But yeah, so if if I was fitting myself into a political category, it would be an anarchist pretending to be a libertarian. Uh, Other things that I would say are unique. I think a lot of them. I mean, you obviously can't read what's going through my head right now. And maybe I, maybe I have to see what happens when we explore the private self, because now I'm thinking of a lot of things in my head. <laughs> and I just had this big old section on about being, you know, authentic, it being your unique self. Um, and I've noticed that I am putting filters on as I'm describing what's unique about me because I'm thinking huh? who's going to be listening to this it's going to be out there would they accept that of me considering you know again as I say you have a persona of me based off of my online sort of presence and in this case because I'm doing this with a sort of a commerciality to it this sort of brand if you will <clears throat> Um. so yes now that's interesting that's interesting because <laughs> I'm just thinking huh I'm full-on filter right now I've I've taken you up to the point of I've gone up to the point where I think okay yeah that's fine that's not extreme that's that's, when it's, that's within that that boundary of the norm whatever that is um, <laughs> yeah in the norm because of whatever I'm filtering out the things I'm filtering out right now that launch me into the category of Yeah, that dude's odd. (laughs) He's a weirdo. (laughs) Um, Something's wrong with that dude. So that's the filter. (laughs) It's filtering out because I don't know who's gonna listen to this. How would you receive the unfiltered clay low? Um, yeah, do so we have enough of a bond and or trust developed to where I would feel psychologically safe to completely let my hair down and you just see a 100% unfiltered clay low. Ah. Now that is interesting. I'll tell you what I would love to do. I would love to gather up a handful, two or three people that I'm really close to and that we just, that we come and share a space to which we are completely unfiltered, completely unfiltered is that even possible is it possible to be unfiltered in the presence of another because all sorts of even like with your partners and stuff like that you you'll have a you'll have a filter you'll have a filter thinking man i don't know how they might receive that would they stop liking me or loving me if they? You know if they solve these thoughts in my head, and now you're probably thinking damn <laughs> I wonder what the hell those thoughts are that's intriguing isn't it so yeah, all right no I got it that's that's where that's that's where I'm at so you've got a sense of what I would say is unique and as I as the thing again what I'm Struggling against here is that even those things that I listed as unique. There's other people out there who would say the same And so for me is that really Unique And maybe that's just a limitation of language Because even as I listed those Qualities out that I thought was unique. I had to put them into a language that other people understand But, based off of your own experience with those words I put out or what your model of those words are, you're probably, and I said probably, but it's not probably, you will be formulating or making sense of those words in your model of the world, not mine. You've got the logical words. And intellectually, you you have the words and you understand, you know, freedom to explore, you know, that phrase. But you you don't know what that phrase means to me. And even if I attempt to describe it, I'm still going to be using words to which you then have to interpret, run them through your machine in order to make sense of them. So you still would not be you would still not be experiencing what freedom to explore means to me. So back to the Graham Greencoat of you can never really know another person, that would be an example there. You can get close, but you'll never really know me unless you become me. All right, on that note, I am going to end this note. As always, if you found this note interesting, then by all means, share your comments in the comments below. Um, Share it out to your networks, help the community to grow some And, you know, again, share it out and then have a conversation around it with someone. And of course, I would love to have a conversation with you about uniqueness and what do you find unique about yourself and what does that look like and how does it, how does it display itself? How does it show in in your behaviors and your actions and your thoughts and the things that that you do and are we unique i'll leave that with you thanks for listening